Welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. Well, I'm excited for our guest today. I know I always say, but I, I'm telling you, I mean it. I had the honor of meeting this lovely lady um, through the Blue Ridge Conference. Um, I would like to tell you a little bit about my author friend. Her name is Samantha Evans. Um, and so uh, with here's, here's a little bit about her. Um, she has three babies in heaven and she was widowed at the age of 38. So she considers herself an expert griever and wounded healer. Her 20 plus years of church ministry experience enable her to serve others, speaking truth with transparency, lots of humor. I know that for a fact and love. Sam's book, Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms, won the 2023 Golden Scroll Silver Medal for Christian Living Books of the Year through the Advanced Writers and Speakers Association. And I'm telling you, that's a really difficult uh, thing to achieve. There's lots of competition. Sam has authored and contributed to over 30 books. Her current writing projects are a nonfiction Christian living book called The Prodigal Son, the crack addict turned pastor's story of redemption and grace, and a fictional YA fantasy series called Oh boy, the Ephenian Chronicles. Perfect. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Sam lives in Simpsonville, South Carolina, with her husband Tim, three daughters, their cats, Pitter and Patter, and their Siberian Husky Bandit. And Sam lost a four to one vote to name the dog Onomatopoeia. Wow. That's that. That would have been my vote. I, th I mean, other than maybe DOG, that would have been kind of fun too. But, uh, I, you know, hey. Um, so, Sam, welcome. I'm so excited to, to have you on here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. It's been yeah. a while since we've seen each other. That's right. Yeah. And we just connected. We connected um, immediately. Um, I fell in love with her jacket, which if you're watching this in video... She's I wearing just for you. Yeah, it's for me. I don't I know did. if it's to taunt me to, I, I don't know what it is because I did want the jacket, but um, I hope maybe I can find a replica because it is beautiful brown leather. Uh, so she's a, a very hip dresser, um, very modern. It's got her own swag and style. And, and I believe that it transfers into her writing. So, so Sam, tell us, what authors, what other authors do you happen to be friends with and, and how have they helped you become a better writer? Um, I'm friends with Catherine Hutchinson Hayes. Yeah. Um, she's, she's super positive and encouraging <laughs> and <laughs> hilarious. Um, Terry Whalen is an author that I'm friends with and mm. he's like 20 or 30 years older than I am at least. Yeah. But he is, um, he's so amazing. Like he just kind of adopted me and oh. anything you want, Sam. And he encourages me and sends me books with inscriptions in them. And he yeah. called me a couple weeks ago just to see how I was doing and check on me. So, um, mm. he, he's been really helpful. And then Scotty Domey is another author and okay. I'm currently working on my, you are not alone grief series with her. Oh, okay. Um, 
I met both of those authors at the Christian, the Colorado Christian Writers Conference. Wow. Um, Scotty and Terry had been friends for a long time, and they were sitting around a fireplace. This is one of my favorite stories. They were sitting around a yeah. fireplace, just talking to one, one another, like talking shop. And I was brand new, newbie writer, didn't know anything, and just started talking with them. They folded me into the conversation. And then at, at the end of the conversation, um, I was like, hey, Scotty, I think you're my one-on-one tomorrow. And she oh. Said, oh, I hope I like your writing, too. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's too funny. Did she? I hope she did like your she writing. She did. I mean, she's publishing my, she published Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms and wants a bunch of other stuff. She's going to, she's going to take um, The Prodigal Son when I'm finished with that as well. So... Well, hello. That's right. It that that really worked out. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that you pointed that out about attending a writers conference and just clicking. Sometimes you click just on a personal level, and if that person takes to you, if you both click, um, that person can be a valuable mentor in your life, and in in turn, you know, you learn how to be a mentor. And then next thing you know, you're, you're mentoring other people. Cause I'm, I'm sure at this point, Sam, that there are other writers who are looking to you for guidance. There have been. Yeah. Yeah. People have asked, how do I get started? And I say yeah. writer's conference. percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. That's how I got started. So, so it looks like some, I'll let you tell us this because I, I have an inkling that some of them, some of these books seem like a series, but do you, are you wanting each book to stand on its own or are you trying to build a body of work with connections between each book and the different genres that you're writing in? Definitely a series. Um, okay. You are not alone because I've experienced so many different grief pieces with the loss yeah. of like pregnancy loss and the loss of yeah. my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to reach out to a bunch of different people. And so we're wanting to do a whole series built on that. Yeah. And a little secret with Amazon is that if you sell a series, it is higher up on the algorithm. Oh, we need to hear that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I it's like better it. for your own publicity to sell more than one book and connect them as a series. Okay. That's a great word of advice to um, other people listening in. So how did publishing that first book change your process of writing or did it? Well, so my very first book was Love Letters to Miscarried Moms. It's mm-hmm. It was self-published. It was a mess. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had friends edit it. I, uh-huh. I, I don't like reading it anymore. I don't like opening yeah. it or looking at it, you know, mm-hmm. because um, it, was, it was rough. I just sat down and started writing. And I think right. that was the key was just getting the story out. Yeah. Um, and then I had that book in my hand, the self-published version, when I went to the writer's conference. Okay. And that's when Scotty was like, I want this book. We're going to redo it. And so we did. Gave it a different title and a different cover. And it, I'm really proud of it and excited. Yeah. And, yeah. So, you know, that that is also, that's unusual. It doesn't, it, it happens sometimes. And a lot of times agents and publishers will say, hardly ever going to happen because there's so much about you and I kind of bonded over, you know, our, 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 um, you know, our failed experiences at self-publishing. And I don't think of it as a failure anymore, but I, 
I do cringe sometimes when I look, go through my book as much as I love the concept and there's so many great nuggets in there. As an editor now, as a trained editor, looking through it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh. Uh. <laughs> but, but I have had interest and I, I'm hoping that that does happen like you, where it is given a new cover, it's given a new name and it's redone. So it, it was... It was still a great learning experience. And I think you tell me if I'm wrong, but did it help you to, you know, just overcome the whole stumbling block of getting words out to create this book? Because sometimes that's just, that's a hurdle. People talk about writing a book forever and they never actually do it. Yeah. I I mean, hitting send and sending it to that first press was just terrifying because Not it was a book about miscarriage. So not only was my heart on a platter, but I just yeah. felt very vulnerable with like that whole process and that whole grieving yeah. process. Right. Um, but it's it's turned out to be a great outreach for women who've gone through that. Yes. Um, it really validated their losses and how they felt because I didn't pull punches in how I describe the loss. Right. Um and I just, I wanted that. I wanted readers to understand what a woman goes through when she experiences miscarriage. Yeah. Um, and I, I have, I mean, there are some reviews that make me cringe, but there are also <laughs> some really, really good reviews about like, thanks, Sam, you're a friend when I needed one. And right. Um, so those reviews actually, I think, helped Scotty want to pick it up when she saw like how well it was doing on its own. Oh, so. see. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Tell tell us more. Okay. Well, there was one review that said poorly written and it got one star. <laughs> and I was like, you're, and you're right. like, I agree. <laughs> it's like, that's an author or a writer, someone who knows what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Do not yeah. disagree. Um, yeah. But there's so many women who are just so grateful that I wrote it. Um, it's been really humbling to read. And I, I wept through the first few reviews when I read them, when they came out, because I was like, Holy cow, this book is actually helping people. So even though I don't feel like it's really well-written, the message is still getting across. And I think maybe that's something new writers need to understand. Like if they have a message on their hearts that they feel compelled to share with the world, Right. then people are going to be touched by that authenticity. That's it. It's your, you're owning your voice and you're really owning your story and you're being really transparent about it. And I, I mm-hmm. so identify with you about getting your stuff out there because, you know, in nonfiction, I'm, I'm branded as a Christian author and I talked about my two divorces <laughs> and my, <laughs> my third marriage. Like, you know, not really the, the um, shining example that many people might be looking for, but mm. just like you said, there were so many women who came, who were, who's, who came up to me personally or sent me a message or, you know, through a review saying, I'm so grateful that you were just so honest and real and you, you weren't acting like this perfect Patty. And I have, it gave me hope because I'm divorced and I, I feel ostracized from the, the Christian mm. community or, or whatever faith faith based community they're in, because there there are a lot of stigmas that go with someone who is, you know, on a second marriage or even mm-hmm. even things like miscarriage. 
I find that there that people can handle those experiences in a really strange way. It, it's almost like women who suffer miscarriage. It, it's it's like they they are invisible because it's not an abortion, which gets a whole lot of attention, and that's a whole bit different thing. Right. Um, it's not like you had the baby and then something happened. This is a miscarriage before they were supposed to be be born, and there's just so much that goes into right. that and that that grief um and it's just like it's a strange place right the Oof. new book definitely has a chapter called sucker punch comments mm. that like comments that people make that are truly inappropriate or yeah. hurtful or callous and there's pages and pages of things that other women have heard tell me so, tell me a few that, that that are really bad um one person said well i guess God changed his mind, huh? <gasps> hmm. Wow, that's unfortunate. Okay. Yeah. That's um, bad. A really close friend of mine told me that I miscarried because I was on birth control. Basically accused me of killing the baby. Wow. Um, that was the most that was the most hurtful. Yeah. And then, you know, she and her husband are they're using natural family planning and yeah. they miscarried. And I, I didn't reach out to her the way that I should have, because I just wanted her to understand, like, it's not, it wasn't because of birth control. There was no reason for it. It just didn't work. It didn't work. You know, it was nothing that mom, it's nothing that moms do. Because there are plenty of women who carry something super heavy or do drugs or drink alcohol and still have perfectly normal, healthy babies. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. and so there are just so many things that people have said that are hurtful. And I address those and say, not your fault. Right. Yeah. That's very, that's really healing and cathartic. And I know a lot of women and men need to hear that because on the other hand, men suffer too, and they really suffer in silence, you know, in, Mm -hmm. in in feeling almost defenseless against being able to help the, you know, their spouse or the mother of their child. So that's a tough, it's a tough place. Well, so, so shifting gears a little bit, um, this is a fun question. I love to ask authors, writers, creatives, because people victimize us. Well, they, uh, (laughs) what they do is they make money on us. That's what they do. They make money on us. Um, as authors, because we want to succeed so badly. But so tell me, share and help us know what was the best money you've ever spent as an author, as a writer, as a creative? Um, I would say like the, the press that I, I don't even want to say which press I use for that first self-published book. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would say Amazon uh-huh. is the best way to go because right. you, if you're self-publishing a book with Amazon, you get the biggest piece of the pie. Okay. Um, when you, when I used the other self-publishing outlet, they took mm-hmm. a very large chunk oh. um, and then they wanted more and more money to, to do all the other things. And okay. so like the marketing and publicity and all that stuff, like you can okay. pay us more money if you want. Oh, um, if you want pages like a... in your book and numbers, you, you need to pay for that. You need to pay right. extra. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you so you want what... ink on the pages. So yeah. I would say... Right. <laughs> 
Did you want a cover or? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just a sticker. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So I would say Amazon is probably the best way to do that because I feel like the biggest waste of my money was investing in the wrong self-publishing group. Right. Um, but the best use of my money has been the writer's conference, hands down. Oh, okay. Right. And tell us a little um, bit about why. Why do you think that is? Um, because there were so many connections that I made that very yeah. first year, 2017. Um, I everyone at the conference said, blog, blog, blog. And so I went home and I blogged and I was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to ask this photographer who is at the conference, if I can use one of his photos for the blog. So I did. And yeah. then he read the blog because he wanted to see what his photo was going uh, on. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, we should write an, uh, an adventure devotional series together. Oh. And so because of that, it, it opened that door to write the, like to co-author this adventure devotional series. Yeah. And then that helped get me a job writing freelance stories for a company called Good Catch Publishing that I also met at the conference. Yeah. And they, because they were able to see the blogs and see that I was working on this like devotional series. So I yeah. wasn't just a one and done author. Right. So I think like that, the writing conference was the greatest catalyst for my career. And yeah. hands down, there's, there's so many opportunities that come out of that. It's yeah. just crazy. Mm -hmm. So wow. at Blue Ridge this last year, um, yeah. I focused on just relationships with people. And it, oh. I think it helped a lot. That, you know, that's an interesting approach. Because yeah. many people go in, they're just, um, they're just single minded on I have to get an agent, I have to get a publisher, I have to do this. I and just to go in there just thinking, for me, it's all about developing relationships. I think it's that's that frees you. It did. It felt mm -hmm. so good to not feel like I was pitching something to people mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. say, Hey, how would you balance your writing life with marketing and writing? And yeah. how are you building your platform? Those are probably the two biggest questions I asked authors and agents. Wow. Um, and it was great just to get to know them. And mm -hmm. I was less nervous because I wasn't pitching anything. Yeah. And then I purchased the classes so I can listen to those whenever I want on my own time. But exactly. I just did as many one-on-ones as possible for that conference. Love it. Oh my goodness. With the sole purpose of relationships. That's, that's a great strategy. So, so now that you've, you know, you've, you've, um, co-authored or you've you've um been in other people's books um, worked on different projects you've got um, your own book under your belt and you sound like someone who's on their way but for you what do you believe literary success looks like i i'm gonna have to redefine it because literary mm -hmm. success for me was always having a or a church uh, <laughs> having a traditionally published book yeah. And now I have one and it was like winning an award and now I have one. And yeah. So I think now it's more followers on social media. Right. I will be more confident with 10,000 TikTok followers, 10,000 10, Instagram followers as opposed to my, you know, 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, we, we have to start following you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you do. Love Sam Evans. Yeah. Oh, we have to do that. So that's speaking, really important for publishers. Is it is. 
the platform. So that that's a great segue into my next question. How have you found um, to be the be best method to market yourself and your books? Um, Facebook is going really well for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm starting trying, I'm trying TikTok and Twitter. Um, I really, it, so when I talked to writers at the conference, they said speaking and newsletters are the two fastest ways to build your following yeah. your platform. Okay. Yeah. So I like it. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, it, one, oh, I think it was Annette that said, just be you as quickly as possible on, <laughs> and like on your way. Right. Like on yeah. camera, it might, it might've been a nut spread anyway, but yeah, <laughs> be you as fast as possible. Okay. Well, you're so much fun. I mean, what kind Thanks. of TikToks are you doing? Um, I do, I do a lot with the Husky. Like uh -huh. he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, he's cute. He yeah. is cute. He's uh -huh. really cute, but he's also like a narcissistic teenager, kind of. <laughs> okay. And he will, like, if he doesn't like how I'm treating him, he'll go lay in my flower bed <gasps> or eat the head off my favorite flower. And he knows, he knows exactly what it will be that will hurt me the most. And he goes and does it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my. Like, I, I blocked him from being able to go under the house. And he walked over to my fountain and ripped the cord. Like, I had a solar fountain he ripped the cord off the fountain pretty sure oh. he did it on purpose oh my he's goodness and he's a dog he's oh my gosh he's smart he's what? really smart oh yeah. my yeah but i do a lot of like i do tiktok videos about bandit like his i did a tiktok video of his name tag because it says bandit and then i show like the making of the tag and yeah. under it it says i also answered an idiot <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, oh my gosh. So you, but your go-to you said is Facebook, Facebook and yeah, Facebook and TikTok are my biggest. I used to do, uh, devotionals, like online live devotions yeah. every week and just kind of ran out of time to do those. Yeah. Um, but that's mm -hmm. where I get the most interaction is Facebook. Okay. So. All right. Good advice. And so just be your, just be your authentic self as quickly as possible. Is that right? Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, I mean, on TikTok, I'm also doing like prayers about miscarriage and loss and advice for infant, infant loss and things like that. So I try to balance those harder, more heavy mm -hmm. messages with stupid videos or yeah. like videos about snow. There was one <laughs> where I, it was snowing really hard and it was like, there's three feet of snow in Rochester, Minnesota. And I said, Hey Siri, what's the forecast? When is it supposed to, Oh, it's no Siri. It was kind of like, look, answer me. <laughs> but when is it supposed to stop snowing? And he said, yeah. there's no snow in the forecast today. Oh. And I did that video like in the midst of like snowfall and three oh, feet of snow. So. Oh, that's rich. Yeah. Yeah. The AI problems that we have, right? Uh, the AI problems. So, so in terms of your, um, in terms of your books, especially nonfiction, do you, how, how much do you end up having to do research and preparing before beginning the book? Um, I've had to do quite a few interviews mm -hmm. for the book I'm working on now. So the prodigal's son is 
the story of my late husband's journey. Mm-hmm. He was a crack addict at 19 wow. and an alcoholic and became a pastor um, and then relapsed. Um, oh. He was sober for nine and a half years and he relapsed on a Saturday night. And so mm. when he was supposed to be sleeping and, you know, waking up to preach, I got a call from an officer, Miss Evans, there's been an accident. And, um, and we actually, so it was front page news, this pastor and drunk driving accident. Oh. And then we found his cancer that way. What? Like they, they did a body scan to make sure there was no internal bleeding and they found cancer. And it was 20 months diagnosis to death. And so the whole world was chicken little, cancer, cancer, cancer. And I was like, but he drank and drove and I am dealing with the repercussions of his choice. Right. And like, so there's not as much research going into that book because it's my story. It's his story. Um, there are, I actually interviewed him before he passed away at his request. Mm. Um, but in order to fill in the blanks of some of the things he told me, I've had to call. I talked to uh, the prison warden who checked him in that night. And I talked to um, a guy that was in school with him that he got in a fist fight with and then ended up getting expelled because of this fight that he got into. And <sighs> which was super healing, honestly, for that gentleman, because I was able to fill in some links for him and Hmm. assure him that like things were okay. Yeah. Um, Well, that's, that's, that's really tough. So did, did your, um, did your husband, did he go back to being a pastor after that accident? He he did. So that's the crazy part. Like a lot of churches would have been like, screw you. We don't want anything to do with you. Right. You messed up big time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, right. He was yeah. so good at teaching grace. He was a United Methodist pastor. He was so yeah. good at teaching grace that his churches called the bishop and said, we want our pastor back, give him back to us. Oh. And, oh and he preached until May of 2019 and he passed away in June of 2019. Oh my goodness. Wow. And I just imagine, I imagine that the way that was handled, because you're right, lots of other church and even maybe people listening now might be like, oh, there are plenty of people who are mean, mean, right. I would never, but probably what, what really left an impression on the members of that church now is that the, um, the story in happening in real life, redemption forgiveness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, and starting over and that's really tough when your leader falls like that someone you look up to you're 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 garnering this this um you know information and developing your faith walk and then this and then he falls in such a tragic way uh and he i mean there's so many things he could have killed somebody he, he could have it's it just could go on he could have died in the accident but just think right. of all the levels that it's something about, and and this is as someone who is who's a who's a Christian. There's something about when you give your life to God, where even the most heinous, horrible things that can happen, He can turn it around for 
for something that can be good. And so look mm-hmm. at that, the, the fact that he was able to discover the cancer through that accident, and then he was able to return to the church, find forgiveness, um, show what redemption really looks like in, in real life and in, in real time. And yet it doesn't, it's not like he doesn't suffer the consequences of, of his choices. Like he, he ended right. up having to go to jail. Um, he ended up lose, probably losing the respect um, of, of certain people, maybe members left because of that. We don't know. Um, and then the backlash yeah. from people, you know, friends and family. Um, but what an, what an incredible story and how brave to take that and write about it. What made him want to be interviewed? Um, well, I was do I was working for Good Catch Publishing at the time, which so my job was interviewing people, their testimonies, and then writing them for, for like in first person. Yeah, um, kind of like ghostwriting, but with a byline. Right. And he's like, Sam, what are the chances that I would be married to an author huh. whose best work comes out of wounds and who is trained in interviewing people? Wow. And he said, Sam, I want you to interview me. I want you to write my story. And I said, that is a hard ask. Like, I, I mean, I was still angry at him at the time and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but God used those interviews to heal our relationship as well and work through that with us. Right. So Hmm. he wants people who don't look like church, who don't look like clean, neat Christianity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I say once, but obviously past tense. He, that's what he wanted. He wanted them to be accepted by everyone. Mm-hmm. Like this is who Jesus is. You yeah. love these people the way you yeah. love me. Wow. It's the way, like the message he wants. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, that's the hard part about writing is like you get in there. And like yeah. Everything becomes present tense again, even though it happened it years ago. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, because, um, there's, there's a, you know, a rainbow at the end of this story. I mean, unfortunately he did pass, but he passed when he was in a good place spiritually and even with you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then you went on to, to meet your new spouse. And so there's a real yeah. happy ending there. Yeah, there is. And <laughs> Tim has been amazing. I definitely, prayed for someone that um that the girl's dad would appreciate and yeah. someone we could rely on and I've just been incredibly blessed by the man that God like he dropped him in my life wow and he doesn't mm. have he's never been married before he doesn't have other kids mm. and so there aren't those other ties to other relationships coming in he was wow. able to just be present for our family wow um yeah. which is a big deal that is. And he loves God and, you know, loves us. So Yeah. Super important. Wow. So completely shifting gears. <laughs> we're, sounds good. We're going to talk to your fiction self, right? The one the part okay. the part the author who writes fiction. Yes. Um, how do you this this is a this is an interest that I have. I always wonder how do people select the names of their characters? How do you go? Go about doing that. Um, I laughed when I read this question. (laughs) So when I was interviewing the Good Catch Publishing people, I had to come up with pseudonyms for all of their people. 
And I would just ask them like, Hey, do you have a favorite band? Do you have, (laughs) um, you know, like a favorite team or whatever. And so one of the guys I interviewed was a huge Michael Jackson fan. (laughs) And I definitely named his characters and his story, Michael and Jackie and Billy and Jean. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You went there. Okay. Yeah. That's creative. I, Uh and, and there was another, there's another guy whose story revolved around basketball. He loved the NBA. And so, um, his, like his name was Anthony in the story and his aunt's name was Carmela. And (laughs) (laughs) just, and then with him, I actually, like, I saw one of your other questions was about like working in like personal jokes or Easter eggs that other people wouldn't notice. Uh Um, for him, I worked all 32 NBA teams into the pros of the story. <laughs> I talked about oh like knickknacks and dinosaurs yeah. on the floor, <laughs> including raptors and yeah, all uh, sorts of stuff. Oh, that's too much fun. Oh my gosh. I have a good time. Yeah. Well, how long does it usually take you to write a book? And is, is there a difference between the nonfiction or fiction? In, fiction, in- I feel like I, like those, the fifth, so the young adult novels I'm working on are 50,000 ish words. I can yeah. pump one of those out in a month for yeah. NaNoWriMo is usually yeah. when I do that mm-hmm. national novel writing month. I yes. have to slow down. To... You love and hate it. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so I challenge myself to do that every November. The, yeah. the nonfiction stuff is longer. I mean, okay. this prodigal son book, book I've been working on for six months now, seven oh, months. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm writing the fiction to take a break from that because it's emotionally exhausting to go back there all the time. And about how many hours a day do you write or do you more um, pinpoint a word count? How do you do it? I am, I, um, I don't do word count. I used to say I have to write at least 500 words a day when I first started out. Yeah. Just get in there and start writing was the goal. Um, now I write about six hours a day. I write, I bring the girls to school and I come home and I write. Okay. Yeah. So you and I were talking behind the scenes that uh, you do this full time, which is, um, which is rare. Uh, I, it fluctuates between three and 10% of all authors um, do that full time. And those of us who work full time in the publishing industry, we do many other things. I mean, I, I speak, I teach. I freelance and I work on my own stuff, but it's not just my books that I'm raking in the big bucks. Um, so what other things do you do um, other than write? Do you do speaking engagements, classes? Um, I want to do more speaking engagements. <laughs> I am teaching, um, I, I call the class how to teleport your friends, and it's talking about <laughs> word choice for sixth yeah. to eighth graders. Mm-hmm. And I'm teaching this October 26th. Um, and it's just, it's just a workshop. I'm like, don't use the word put, don't use the word it and uh-huh. teaching them how to use more, like the most descriptive words possible, uh-huh. a little bit of the five senses in writing, yeah. um, but how to transport your reader into the story instead of just telling the story is something uh-huh. that I'm doing. But I want to get, I want to do more podcasts and I want to do more speaking events. It's just hard to break into that a little bit. I feel like sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, here you are. You're doing a podcast, do you know? And I'm, I am. I'm, yeah, you can. I'm, I know you'll be doing a lot more. Um, just tell. This is a fun question that I, I sometimes I ask this after or before, and I think I'm just going to start asking it during because I do this. Like, okay. so I have like special rituals when I when I write. Okay, um, I light a candle most of the time. Um, I I even have a candle that is that brands my book. It's called smoke and suede and it smells like, it smells mysterious. Um, and then, yeah. And then there's certain snacks that I, that I like. I like dried Uh mango. I like coffee. I I like sparkling, sparkling water. Um, but tell me what, and grapes, what are your, what are your snacks? What are my snacks? Oh, and music. Do you do music? Cause I, I love, I like jazz. I like New York da- jazz right now. But but each book, my <laughs> each season, each book has a different. It's it tells me I want I want a different type of music. My first thriller, it was only Gregory Porter. I wrote to Gregory. Anyway, I love Gregory Porter. Um, but right now it's New York jazz. So tell right. me what are your snacks, what are your drinks, and what music do you listen to, or do you need it quiet? Um, I either do quiet or I do action movie instrumental music. What? Okay. Uh I'm loving it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday I was listening to the Batman soundtrack on instrumental. Okay. And Uh I was getting pumped. Um, Snacks like Doritos. I'm doing a protein nacho chip that is, that looks like a Dorito. It doesn't taste like a Dorito. Okay. I'm trying uh-huh. to be healthier. You're trying. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? But like I do the sparkling water, a coffee. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. The biggest part of my work day is getting dressed actually because uh-huh. I work from home. Yeah. So showering and putting on business clothes, <laughs> like instead of sitting in my pajamas all day, which could be an option for me. Um, <laughs> like it just, okay. Like now it's work, Sam, you know, and we, yeah. you know, sit down at the table or whatever. So yeah. my daughter just got home from school. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And then, right. And then you have your, you have your three, um, three girls, right? I do. 12, yeah. 11, and eight. I'm going to have to be here soon to go get them too. Okay. But. Well, well, we are wrapping up and, and um, Sam, we've had so much fun hanging out with you and I'm, I'm grateful that you were to share your snacks and your drinks. Um, <laughs> tell us how can our listeners stay in touch with you? Uh, my website is super easy. It's lovesamevans.com. And all of my social media is lovesamevans. Okay. So, and if they go to the website, there's a QR code for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sign up, you're supposed to get the first two chapters of Love Letters to Miscarriage Moms for free, but there's this whole glitch. So if mm-hmm. you scroll to the bottom of my website, there's a picture of me typing on a keyboard on that homepage. Just click on that. And it's, uh, secret two chapters of love letters to miscarriage moms. I love it. Okay. Well with that, we'll wrap and Sam, thank you so much. And thank you listeners for joining us and don't forget to pierce through the darkness with the spoken and written word. Perfect. Okay. And 